A few a few weeks ago, I said to Kim, I said, "Who who would you most want to parent like? If you had to choose one couple that you wanted to most parent like, she didn't say this person. No, I'm kidding. She did. She said, Kim said, the the, pe- the people that I would most want to parent like are Donna Linda Walker. And um, we have the pleasure of hearing from Don this evening, and um, he carries such a father's heart and is um, such an amazing person that I've got to know significantly better over the past um, few years that we've been that we've been here at Open Door. So I know that tonight will tonight will impact you, and you will be sincerely blessed by what he has to bring. So come on up, Don. I don't have anything. Am I on? Am I on? Am I on? Man, this is way too close. <laughs> I need a buffer zone. Between your children? What's that? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to send you out. I should do like it. Oh, anyway. I better not go there. <laughs> anyway, I what an awesome privilege it is. I mean, Eric, wherever, where is Eric? Did he go out? Oh, there he is. Eric, thank you for the opportunity to do this. I mean, I especially feel bad because, uh, um, I mean, look, I mean, this is amazing. It's kind of like, what, did they do it because I was speaking? Yeah, it's kind of set up, and it's like the first Sunday that we have it with carpeting and everything. It's like, why do I get this opportunity? But thanks, Eric, for, for the opportunity to do this and speak to you um, to you all. And um, let's, let's start with a word of prayer. Father, I am just so full of gratitude and gratefulness, Lord. And we just declare, not only you are good, but tonight I pray our declaration that we come away with this knowing that you are always good. It's not just once in a while, it's always good. You are always faithful. You are always good. No matter what situation we find ourselves in, whatever it is, Father God, you are always good. And we just appreciate that in you and your son and sending your son father i pray tonight holy spirit that you would use me tonight and and it would be your words and not my own and father for the next 20 minutes or two hours just kidding (laughs) uh for the next amount of time father we just ask for your for your word to go forth and also for ears to hear exactly what it is that you want to say to us tonight in jesus name Amen. Um, as many of you know, or if you don't know, I love sports. I, I really love sports. And you, a lot of you probably don't know this, but I'm a professional athlete. You didn't know that. I mean, growing up, I wanted to be a professional athlete. And it wasn't until a couple years ago. And I thought, I am a professional athlete. I'm a PE teacher. <laughs> or Linda would say, I get paid to play. That's what, that's what it is. But... Um, but, but I just, uh, I also have a, a, a passion for, for sports because I know with my kids growing up and playing sports and stuff, what the, the skills and the, the, the lessons, the life lessons they learned was, was through the roof. I mean, it, it was amazing. But the, the, in case you didn't know, but the Bible is full of sports. I mean, there's, there's wrestling. There's, there's a lot of fighting, you know, and, and <laughs> fighting is a sport, but, but there's a lot of fighting, but there's also a lot of, uh, there's the wrestling. I mean, Jacob and the angel, they wrestled at each other. Would you like to have been there? That would have been pretty cool. Um, and then uh, there's running. 
you you run the you run the race in order to win the prize. So there's 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 the running involved, and then there's baseball too. Genesis one one, the first four words of the Bible. What is it? In the big inning. My kids will make me hear that later. They'll go, yeah, right. But, um, you know, Eric said last week that I was going to be uh, speaking on, on storms and all that, but, but I'm, I'm changing it a little bit, and I'm going to be talking about curveballs. John, you got a video for us? <laughs> it's a two-hour video. No. You can't get bigger. Picture this in a world far, far away. This isn't live, by the way. Those that were wondering what the Mariners were doing right now. You can just play at that size. That's okay. They'll get the gist of it. They'll show up from up close. Now, that's kind of a fun video, and I just wanted to to, to kind of stick in your mind because um, where I'm going with curveballs is, uh, first of all, who? Let's see, who's the youngest in the audience? Because because this is this is only for a certain amount of people. Who's the youngest person in this audience? How old? How old is he? Eleven. You're, well, yeah. So you're older, a lot older. Eleven. So unfortunately, this this message is only for those that are eleven and up. Okay. So if you're under eleven, which there isn't anybody, this is for you. Now, the, the where I'm going with this curveball thing is is life goes in a certain trajectory, you know, and and life is going and going and going, but all of a sudden there's these curveballs that come. And, and kind of like that guy is, it, sometimes it buckles you and you, you, you know, you're, you're kind of devastated or whatever. And, and that's where I want to go with this is, is, is there's many different curveballs in life. And we all face them. Eleven all the way up. There's different things that come along in life that all of a sudden change direction and tr- change course. And it can really get you. Get you off guard and all that. And, and they come, whether it's adulthood or in childhood. And for some of you in here, there's some curveballs from the past, maybe when you were a children, that, that you, you, you can remember happened way back when. And, and um, it, could be, it could be things like, uh, you know, sicknesses or, you know, health issues. It could be um, uh, marriage difficulties. It could be uh, uh, death it could be, and, and that's why I want to go even, you know, it could be peer pressure. It could be some of the kids that are in school right now facing peer pressure and different things that are going on. And, I mean, it, you know, it could be, you know, when you, it could have been pretty much trauma if you had a pet die that you were really close to. I mean, all those things are curveballs that, that are kind of can throw you off. It can throw you off track. And basically, I'll, I'll get to my title. My title and my message is How to Handle a Curveball. And the subtitle is, Why We Need to Trust God. And, and two things I don't want to do tonight. First of all, I don't want to ever compare curveballs. 
I don't want to compare, you know, your curveball versus my curveball or, you know, an 11-year-old curveball versus, you know, an 84-year-old curveball. Okay, there's no comparison because it all is a change of direction and a change of course in life that affects you. And and there's no minimizing any of it because they're all very significant. The second thing um, I wanted to do is is not do is I don't want to get into the details of the source of the curveball. Because you can focus on who is the one that threw the pitch. Who's the one that threw that curveball? You know, Guess what? It doesn't matter who threw it because God's the source. I mean, he, not the source, but he allowed it to happen. God allowed that to happen. If it was, you know, abuse when you're growing up, anything like that, it's, it's hard. It's not easy. But, but all those things are real. And, and again, it's, it's God allowed those things to happen. That's why you have to have that thing that you go back to and go... God is sometimes good, sometimes... No, way. He's always good. Always. Right now, um, is there a mic? Um, Linda's going to come up and, and he, she's going to talk about uh, a curveball that hit us about 14 years ago that um, a lot of this is, is from. So, anyway. Hi. <laughs> Ooh. Wow. <laughs> I don't think we've ever done that before. Double mic. No. Is this on, Austin? I'm sure it is. Awesome. Hi, you guys. I'm so glad it's you guys. Um, That's me. Curveball. I know that so many of you have heard this story before. Hi, Jen. And... Um, and a lot of you have heard this story a lot, and a lot of you have lived this story and continue to live this story. But um, back in 2001, I went in for a routine surgery. I went in for a hysterectomy. And um, in the course of the surgery, the doctor hit what they call the obturator nerve. Um, she didn't do it intentionally. It wasn't her intent to cause harm. But what she did, your obturator nerve is centered in your pelvis here. And she hit it so severely that when I came out of surgery, I was screaming in pain, just screaming about my leg, my leg. And and they said, oh, Mrs. Walker, you didn't have leg surgery. You had a hysterectomy. You're fine. Well, long story short, um, the damage was so severe to my uh, obturator nerve that it paralyzed my right leg. Um, one doctor down at the UW said that the damage was equivalent to a gunshot wound. Um, and that's why there was such a severe reaction to this. Um, I sat in the hospital for three weeks. They didn't know what to do with me. They couldn't figure out what had happened. They knew something had happened in surgery. They sent me back in for surgery. Uh, They still couldn't find what was wrong, technically. Um, But um, 
they sent me home paralyzed. And it was one of those things I went, okay, so the day before the surgery happened, I ran five miles. I had done triathlons. I had done half marathons. I skied, um, had done everything under the sun. And I came home in a wheelchair. And that was a little bit of a curveball. I had five kids under the age of 13. Brooklyn um, was just heading into kindergarten. And I, I remember the first time I went to cook, I, I I was in my wheelchair and I was in the kitchen and our, our home wasn't equipped to be wheelchair accessible and I completely pulled the door off of the oven because the, it was just one of those weird things. You're trying to pull it from the side. I mean, curveballs right and left that we didn't have any, we weren't prepared for. Um, Later down the road, here we are. Um, I I was counting the surgeries yesterday, and in three years I had eight surgeries. Um, everything from trying to fix the problem to um, when I was learning to walk again, I walked like a pirate. I had to learn to walk again, drive again. I herniated my disc. I ended up with three back surgeries. Um, and even to this day, I still live in constant pain. Um, I'm on eight different medications just to function. If you watch me function sometimes, if you watch me, Jen has seen this a, a lot on the ball field. I trip, I walk into walls, and my kids think it's just because I'm uncoordinated, but I, I, I tag it to, to the accident. But um, all of that to say... That was a major curveball for our family. And it's still a curveball because it hasn't gone away. Do you know what I'm saying? It's one of those things. Some curveballs come and you deal with them and they go and you go on to the next curveball. But this particular curveball hasn't left me. But you know what? Our family's motto from, can't look at that. Our family's motto from day one. Told Don when we were in Mexico last week, the older I get, the more I cry. But um, Don came into the hospital two days after the surgery, and and I remember him sitting in the bed with me, and he just got in my face and he said, "Babe, we got to make some choices real quick here. We got to make some choices, and we are not going to get angry. We are not going to get bitter, and if we're going to make this as a family." We had to make some instantaneous decisions. We had to choose where we were going to align. And I love the songs that we sang tonight because our family motto was, and it still is, God wins the day. He never doesn't win, you guys. He always wins. And our other family motto is, God is good. Because if you can establish those two things, then you can make it. Because it establishes who's in control, and it establishes your response to that. Wow. You have more? You have more? I mean, for later. Okay. She's my hero. You're my hero. 
Now, back to that, that subtitle, why we need to trust God. We need to trust God because he's the author. He's the one who knows the reason behind events. He knows the reason not only behind the events, but, but even better, he, he's not only the one that has the answers, but he's also the one that knows the way out of the situation. That's why we need to trust him. Uh, in, some of you probably have the book, Jesus Calling. It's a devotional, and basically when you read it, it's like God talking to, to us. You know, and, and this is one of the ones, I don't remember what date it was. It says, be willing to follow wherever I lead. Though you don't know what lies ahead, I know. And that is enough. Some of my richest blessings are just around the bend. Out of sight, but nonetheless very real. To receive these gifts, you must walk by faith, not by sight. So, what we kind of came away from that whole situation there is, basically you have two responses to situations, to a curveball. You have two responses. And guess what? No response is a response. <laughs> so when I say these two responses, don't think, well, I didn't do that. Oh, yeah. If you didn't, you picked one of these. The first response is, why God? Which is definitely a legitimate question. Why God? I mean, that, that was a huge one for us at that time. Okay, with surgery is, why God? Why God? You know, why, why did this happen? Which is, it doesn't throw God off when you ask that question. But you can't stay there. Why God? It says, as the answer eludes you, it will cause you to be angry with God and cynical about most things in life. This negative view of life will infect every area of life, but most of all come out in your relationships. Overall, a very unhealthy way of life, infecting others in like manner. Basically, why God is trying to wrap your mind around it. Wrapping your mind around a situation. And what it ends up ha- happening, it, what ends up happening is, um, when you try to do that, it stunts your growth. It's stuck. You get stuck. And some of you probably know people that are kind of there. Maybe you work with people that it, it, that's, what, that's what defines them. And, and they're stuck. It's like they can't move forward. Because they're stuck in that, why God? Who knows what the second, the second response would be. Anybody want to take a guess? My kids should know. What God? What God is... God, what are you saying? Once again, before I get into that, don't think that, oh no, I, I've done that. Okay? That, that's not the end. <laughs> that's, that's what's good. You have an opportunity to switch it over from why God to what God. But, but that stuckness, sorry, let me go on, is what if you're stuck in a why God situation with a curveball and another curveball comes? Right. Oh, you're in deep trouble. Instead of strike one, you get strike two. And strike three, you're just striking out all the time. Um, but it's really important. For some of us, for some of us in here, it might be going back to a curveball that you've never really changed over to what God what God, the answer to this question will be an ongoing thing and it may take some time. What if it was for us? 
But that's significant because we can keep going on in life as difficult as it may be at times. It allows you to go on and move forward in life. This is putting your trust in Him and allowing God to have His way. This is a positive view of life and again will infect every area of your life, including your relationships. Overall, a very healthy way of life, infecting others in like manner. So instead of wrapping your mind around it, you're enveloping it with your heart. You know, off with your head. It's here that you want to get get that thing. You're enveloping the situation. You're trusting. And there's enormous growth that goes with that. We saw amazing growth. At that time, before the surgery, I think people would look at us and it was, you know, we had, you know, pretty good kids. and <laughs> but, but things were going well, job and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, it, it, it's like the learning curve went from this growth to all of a sudden, whew, we were on a steep learning curve. All of a sudden, we jumped up to the fourth floor instead of just kind of crawling up in life. It was huge growth. And then, you know, it, it says, again, Linda, I'm going to have you come up again. But uh, Proverbs 3, 5 through, 5 through 6, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And here's the why, God. Do not lean on your own understanding. That's stuckness, if you lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. He is good. Doesn't say that, but we know he's good. And he will make your path straight. Uh, Dudley Hall last year, and then Linda's going to say a little bit here. Um, he said, he, he's, he was quoted in, at family camp. He said, if you, you can't get your head around it, but your heart embraces it. Mm-hmm. Talking about embracing that thing. Go ahead, baby. So this is, you want to hear a couple things that I learned through this whole thing? When we ask why God, you know what we're doing? We're demanding an answer for what God's chosen. We're putting a demand on a sovereign God. Versus when we ask what God, it still demands an answer, but the the demand comes from the faith that we get to choose in it. Instead of it being an accusation against God, we get to respond out of the demand, putting a demand of the faith that's in our heart. Um, Both questions demand an answer. Both of those, what God and why God, it's demanding an answer. But one is based in the sovereignty of God, Mm -hmm. and one is based on, you know, my own self. And really, when we are asking why God, it's based in pride. Because we're saying to him, why did you do this to me? When we're saying, why God, we're saying, are you sure you know what you're doing? I've followed you, I've obeyed you, I've laid down my life for you, and you allowed this? It's an accusation against his character that somehow he doesn't know quite well enough that maybe you would probably know better. And that's a pretty, that's a... That's a pretty scary situation, I think, to put um, yourself in. Another thing we learned is that most situations, he's 
he will give us an answer just because I think he's a really nice God. Really, I think that when we ask a question, when my kids ask me a question, I don't revel in holding back an answer. I want to give them an answer, and I think that's how God is too. And I think he wants to answer that that uh, that question in us that says, why did this happen? Um, one of the answers took 14 years for us to get. And that came this year. Don lost his mom. Our daughter got diagnosed with cancer. But you know what? We got an answer. And it wasn't the answer that I was looking for. But when Rima was diagnosed with cancer, she, within the first day, she came to me and she said, Mom, why not me? And I didn't have a very godly response back to that because I knew that her response was challenging me. She wasn't questioning God's sovereignty in that. When she said, why not me? God is good. Life's been good. Life. Why not me? Why not your dad? That's, that's, a, that's a hard one. And I'm, I mean... I could go on with that one, but another thing that Rama said to me that answered my question 14 years later is, she said, you know, Mom, I watched you suffer 14 years ago. She goes, I know how to do this because I watched you. And that's not an answer based I'm not saying that out of my own pride or arrogance to say, oh, she watched me, I know how to suffer, I did it the right way. I'm saying, holy crap, when a curveball comes, that demand for an answer, we don't have the right but to respond, I trust you. Because I can't trust myself, but I'm telling you, I can trust him. She can't trust her situation. Dennis was one of her heroes. It's good. But she watched him suffer and make the right choices, so it empowered her to do the same thing. And we don't know that our situations aren't empowering others. You guys, any situation that we are in, it is not too difficult. I'm telling you, watching your child in stage four cancer, can I tell you, it is not too difficult. Bearing your father, bearing your mother, sexual abuse, marriages that are falling apart, joblessness. I am here to tell you it is not too difficult. Yeah. It is not too difficult. And you know what? I can guarantee you, you ask all five of my kids if they were given the option to do it again, every single one of them would vote yes.
because you learn and you grow. And I'm telling you, our family has gained security, identity, trust, humility, relatability. We know how to fight as a family. We had stuff in our backpack, didn't we, Rama? And it was there. So when she got diagnosed, we went, got this. Not got this, oh, this is so easy. But that was so painful that we kept those tools in our backpack. So when the diagnosis comes, stage four cancer, we as a family held each other and said, we got this one. We've suffered before. We've persevered before. God didn't fail us. And this is the last thing that I want to share is I was thinking today about, I know I do think about scientific things every once in a while, but I was thinking about this space shuttle. And when that thing goes to take off, it's faced with fire, it's faced with resistance, it's faced with, it takes everything in all this scientific knowledge to get this thing up. But it's the heat, it's the heat of the takeoff that gives it its energy to go up. And when we go through trials, whether they're small or big, you guys, it's the intensity of that heat that gives us the trajectory that he was talking about that puts us that puts us on to the next level. And I'm telling you guys, I'm not prophesying to be mean, but we're gonna we're gonna like hit some hard stuff here as a community. But I you guys, we can do it. We're trained. We can instantly respond. God, you're good. I trust you. And that puts us on the trajectory of allowing him to be God and not me. Because I I suck, and he doesn't, and I'd much rather trust him than myself. You ever wonder what it would be like to have a Ferrari? I'm sorry, I'm just going off. <laughs> I was thinking about it the other day. I thought, that'd be really cool to drive a Ferrari, and I think, and then I started thinking, can you imagine having a Ferrari in Kenmore? Personally, that'd be pretty stupid. It's like, what are you going to do? Brag to somebody, hey, I did 55 on Bothell Way. <laughs> it's like, well, I did that in my Honda. I mean, um, but faith is like, I think we got to realize that that's what we have in our garage, our, uh, our faith garage. I mean, we all have a Ferrari that you really don't know the power until it's out on the open road. You know, and and sometimes we think, you know, I have the I have the faith when I'm at work to go. I, I have the faith that Linda's going to make a great dinner tonight. <laughs> That's probably going about 25 in a school zone <laughs> amount of faith, as in small faith. But but it's these curveballs that come, whatever way. Again, it, it could be. Uh, 
you know, students on the playground that have a hard time with, with friends and stuff like that. Everybody has curveballs. That, again, it, it's not a comparison thing, but, but it's those curveballs that, that God wants to show us what a faith level, what, what we really have in our tank to be able to go, wow, what we had after 2001 and from 2001 to this compared to what we had before. Holy cow. I mean, she's talking science now. <laughs> That's not a major miracle. <laughs> Sorry, babe. Uh, so, it says in James 1, 2, and 3, it says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various curveballs. Oh, trials. But let's put the curveballs in there. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various curveballs, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And power, I might add. That's a Walker version. And let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So these are all choices we've had to make, but here's the bottom line. When we, when we make the choice to say, what God, and really receive, what are you saying, God, and wanting to grow, it's not about us. I mean, bottom line, if it's about us, we might as well stay in the understanding and I want to know why, God. But when we go, what, God? It's because of others. It's all about others. Because guess what? You signed up. When you came to the Lord, you signed up to be put in a microscope, under a microscope. Because that's what you're in. Whether you like it or not, guess what? (laughs) It's kind of like that God holding a... uh, Magnifying glass to an ant. <laughs> Ooh, bad picture. Anyway, but we're under a microscope. The world's looking. The world's looking at our response. I, I shared this last summer. I think it was the last time I spoke. Last summer, it says, uh, "Do not be conformed to this world." It was Romans twelve two. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that, and I think I got to this part, proving, because we were talking about under a microscope, but guess what? Proving what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable. Both those things seem like, oh, it's good right now, and acceptable right now. But the last word is what? Perfect. Good, acceptable, and perfect. Sometimes that's hard for us to wrap our minds around. Perfect. That's God is good all the time. And, and we have to make this a confession that we are in his will. And it is good and acceptable and perfect. You know, we, we talked about, we remember the first, was it the first service here where we gave out the keys? The keys, you know, an open door and all that. It's like, and we've, always, we've had that talk about what keys for an open door? Why do you need keys for an open door? We're to walk out with keys. God's given us keys to go help people that are locked up in bondage. In you know, and, and that's the microscope. They're looking for the answers. We are the answers. If our response is right to the Lord and we're walking in the Lord. And it's not perfection. People aren't looking for perfection. That's blah. Yuck. We're not perfect. But he is. So we have keys for people. Here, uh, 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4, it says, What a wonderful God we have. He is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the source of every mercy 
and the one who so wonderfully comforts and strengthens us in our hardships and trials. Well, it's about us, 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 so far. And then it says, and why does he do this? So that when others are troubled, needing our sympathy and encouragement, we can pass on to them this same help and comfort God has given us. It's huge. Bottom line, curveballs in life can either attempt to dethrone God in our individual lives or empower the Lord in our lives. And, and maybe some here tonight um, could relate to this. Is, is Curveballs are not there to define us. That's that stuckness. And some people you know, they, I mean, everything relates back to that thing that happened 10 years ago, 40 years ago. Maybe just 10 days ago, but, you know, give them some time. But something way back when, it's not supposed to define who we are, but intended to bring definition to who we're to become. We're not going to forget about that. We're not going to forget about that surgery, but... But... So, I have two dates on this. Um, two dates on this. I, I have 419... This, this, you know, past week. That's when I finished this. The first date I have on here is 10-9-14. Rima, do you know when, when it was that you were diagnosed with cancer? It was right. It was, it was about that. It was about that same time. Not that what I'm saying is, is as soon as she was diagnosed, God said, write down what you know. Write down what you know. And it's like, because not, not, and it was necessarily for us. It was for me. She had that cancer. And um, they say, uh, back to the curveball, they say a good hitter, even though it's like a half second or less they have to react to that, good hitters can see a pitcher, the, the release. Good hitters can recognize the release and see either how it's held or see where the ball is located or see the way he has it on the stitches. So he can read a curveball coming in and he doesn't buckle like that. He can see the curveball and wait on it and hit it out of the park. I'd say with this cancer, I'd say my response maybe because of being a dad, I think I, I, think I stayed in there and hit a single. <laughs> it's better than striking out. I'd say Linda probably stayed in there and probably hit a double. You knocked it out of the park, baby. Your response in this whole thing is you knocked it out of the park. I'm so proud. And I know family all around you and stuff, they did probably better than me and you. That's right. But that's that, that, that whole thing of having the right response. Eric, uh, Morgan, could you guys come up? Um, it's really the difference because if you, you always hear pastors say this, you always go, have you ed- read the end of the book? What happens in the end of the book, the Bible? Who wins? We do. God wins. He wins. And, and basically it's like, wow. Can we walk this life in victory? What God? Or why God is basically a victim. It's kind of the victor versus victim mentality. There's a, a, 
I love this song. It's uh, I get it on YouTube, but it's um, basically it's a version of it as well with my soul. We're not singing that right now, but this line is in there. It says, we know who placed this mountain that lies before us. He is the same one who can cast it into the sea. But if he chooses not to, we will climb it hand in hand with him. It is well with my soul. Through it all, my eyes are on you. Through it all, my eyes are on you. Well, in in conclusion, uh, we're going to sing one more song. And and right now, you know that, that, that motto we had, God wins the day? That's a choice that we have to make personally. We personally have to go, God, win this day. And today you have a choice. You have a chance to have God win this day. Whatever he is speaking to you. Maybe it's something that's happened in the past. Maybe you're not even in the midst of a curveball. Everything's going great and all that kind of stuff. But I just want you to have God have his way and let him win this day. Whatever it is in your life. As, as we're singing, you can join in singing. You can just listen and just soak in the words or if you want to come up to the altar spend time with the Lord here or in your seat and we'll also be around for prayer after too